When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pod save the queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen, the Daily Mirror's royal podcast. I'm your host, Anne Gripper. I'm joined once again by our royal correspondent, Victoria Murphy. Hello. Hopefully feeling a bit better after we delayed our recording from yesterday because of a lost voice. Apologies, you really wouldn't have wanted to listen to, me, listen to me struggle through yesterday. It would not have been pleasant, I can assure oh, you. We're glad you are on the mend. And we've also got Danielle Stacey with us to provide the fashion point of view. We've got lots and lots to talk about today with the build-up to the royal wedding. Some confirmed news, some not confirmed news, but that's always just as much fun to talk about and also lots of appearances coming up for Harry and Meghan and also one this morning um, Commonwealth themed yeah, event. Yeah I mean they have been certainly going to be super busy for the next week we're seeing lots of engagements coming up in the next few days um, and crucially we are seeing Harry and Meghan appear um, at Commonwealth events as part of the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting this is for those of you who don't know it's a biannual meeting held in a Commonwealth country um, every two years biannual Um, and as you know the Queen is head of the Commonwealth she doesn't travel overseas anymore so actually it's been decided to have this year's Chogham as it's called for short in London so that she is able to be involved um, and members of the royal family are are playing a really key role in this year's Chogham it's been speculated that this could be the last Chogham she attends because of course if it's held overseas in two years time she likely won't be travelling. So unless they decide to hold it in the UK from now on, it looks like this will be the last one she attends. So it's quite significant. It's also very significant, I should say, because at the end of this week, um, the Commonwealth leaders of the 53 countries in the Commonwealth who come to attend this summit will be making a decision on whether Prince Charles will take over from the Queen as head of the Commonwealth when she dies. Now, head of the Commonwealth is a role that she has, but it's not a hereditary role. So it's not a role, for example, like heads of state in the UK and in the other Commonwealth realms that Prince Charles will automatically inherit. It has to be decided on. And this is quite a significant thing that is going to be decided on Friday. Now, actually, it looks very like they're going to decide, yes, we'll have him because there doesn't seem to be anyone else in the frame and while some politicians including Jeremy Corbyn have made some noises about not wanting Charles to be automatically the next head um, it it does seem like most of the leaders of the countries are quite happy for that to be the case so a little bit of politics there but that's something that a lot of people who are interested in these things are keeping very close eye on Um, 
But Harry, Harry is going to have a key role in the Commonwealth. Um, he's been announced this week um, as Commonwealth Youth Ambassador, which is a role that will involve, I think, quite a lot of travel for him and Meghan. I think we can expect to see the pair of them travel to lots of Commonwealth countries. Um, obviously, the Commonwealth becoming increasingly important um, as Britain exits the EU, perhaps for things like trade. So those relationships are going to become more important. And the young royals are definitely seen as being able to play a key role um, in those diplomatic relations. So it was very important, you know, for Harry and Meghan to get out and about. We didn't think at first that she was going to be appearing at this week. Um, when they initially announced the engagements to the royal family, her name was off the list, but then a separate note was put out with engagements for William, Harry and Meghan, thankfully. So we get to see her, obviously not including Kate because she's waiting to give birth any day now. So this morning they were um, at a Commonwealth Youth Forum and they were chatting to young people um, aged 18 to 30 who are trying to get together from all the different Commonwealth countries to talk about the future and the theme of the event is was powering our common future and Meghan and Harry were very enthusiastic about it I think. Um, Harry made a bit of a joke talking about um, uh, talking about not putting a band-aid on the problem he said he called he called that and then he turned to Meghan and said oh you're going to have to start calling them plasters now you're living here <laughs> so an example of some of the little things that she's going to have to adjust to it's that old joke of uh, Britain and America two countries separated by a common language yeah exactly yeah <laughs> But yeah, and then they're out and about again tomorrow um, as well at an event that's very close to Meghan's heart. It's an, a female uh, and a Commonwealth event about empowering women. So that's something I think we might see her be quite vocal at. She's been very vocal um, about women's empowerment in the past. And, you know, she's obviously attending that event because it's a cause very close to her heart. And her look today was... I'm a big fan of it. The, the weather here in London today is amazing. Transformed. Summer has arrived. I mean, we've done this podcast in all weathers, which makes it sound like we do it outside. We're actually in a small room. With and no windows. With no, <laughs> with no windows, and it's always warm and cosy. Uh, but today, outside, beautiful sunshine, and Megan's outfit definitely had that summer feel she did yes she must be so glad that it's finally sunny that she can you know show off some of the californian style uh, and ditch some of the uh, trench coats although she did have a blazer on today um but it was a pinstripe out azura uh dress um and she wore it some very killer heels um i would you know she's very brave walking across they were quite um evening heels really yeah they? The ankle strap and a big a big heel I think, inches. I think she had to dress the dress up a bit because when she took the blazer off, uh, it did look quite beachy. She did look like she was going off on, on honeymoon already. Um, so I think, yeah, adding the uh, Camilla and Mark jack- uh, blazer and the strappy heels to it dressed it up a little bit. Uh, and the interesting thing about today's outfit is that she played, uh, um, she gave a little tribute to the most recent Commonwealth Games in the Gold Coast. Uh, the blazer is from uh, Camilla and Mark, which is an Aussie brand. And uh, she's made the crossbody bag, her signature, it seems. Uh, another one out today, uh, a little black and white striped one from a brand called Orrington. I wasn't sure about the blazer. She wore it quite Melania Trump style, just <laughs> shrugged onto yeah. her shoulders. Yeah. That was so interesting, actually. And we, I don't think I've seen a royal um, or a royal-to-be, shall we say, do that before, appear with a, a kind of jacket loosely fitted over their shoulders rather than actually properly on. Um, 
And I, I think the reason that she ended up with a jacket across her shoulders, I would guess, is because they weren't anticipating the weather being this hot. She probably decided what she was going to wear maybe last night, the last minute, maybe before that. But I very much doubt that it was just decided on this morning when the weather suddenly turned boiling hot in London. And probably that blazer was actually quite warm. And maybe she took it off and then thought, oh, it's a bit bare, so I'll put it back over the top, but not fully. Um, Members of the royal family don't usually have jackets over their shoulders in that way. And I think... One of the reasons is just that it's not very practical. You know, if you're moving around, shaking hands with people, it's a bit messy and the jacket might fall off onto the floor and that's a bit uncomfortable. They tend not to wear things that are going to restrict their movement or things that are going to be distracting. Um, And having a jacket precariously perched is a bit distracting. So I thought that was interesting that she made that move. Um, Perhaps a sign that she isn't quite as used to the types of appearances that royals do if you think about the appearances she may have made as an actress on a red carpet they would have been much more fleeting whereas the royal engagements you're in the spotlight for a lot longer um and so you're the way that you move and the way that you move in your outfit is perhaps more important but yeah i think just kind of keeping with that thing of being just quite quite relaxed in her style but but still quite quite trendy really yeah I think in, and a bit more modern and young perhaps in a way that that Kate is not so much anymore I think she was at the start of her royal life but she's maybe a bit more um, sort of grown up in her style yeah, of dressing Kate's now become a lot more formal hasn't she I mean yeah. there was the kind of um, when when they first. Uh, sort of started dating and uh, you know when they first got married about her hemlines that was a, that was always in the headlines wasn't it about you know her dresses being too short or when she got off a plane and the dress blowing up so I think yeah Megan's Megan's definitely got her own her own style and it, it it's good to see that because you need something a little bit more refreshing and she's got to stay true to her roots as yeah well. Came with a price tag though that dress didn't it yes 1500 yes so if you're if you're planning to get one for yourself then lucky lucky you but um danielle has found a very good match for um yes a high street look so yes um i probably i don't know if i should tell you all this actually because i i want it myself but it's uh it's 49.99 in mango they do it in navy and they do it in uh, cream striped and it's a very very good copycat danielle's off down the shop megan wasn't the only um well, Meghan and Harry weren't the only royal people there. Usually he was there as well, you were saying. Yes, she was. Uh, although she missed the mark a little bit in her outfit, uh, she wore a really lovely whistles uh, dress, long-sleeved, um, with some thigh-high boots. Didn't look like she was wearing any uh, tights underneath it as well, which is, again, I know that's uh, the, the Queen likes uh, the royals to wear uh, hosiery. Um, but I think she just because of the weather, she probably didn't anticipate it being that warm. It just it just didn't look right. Yeah. I, I bet there's a fair few people, a fair few women in London who got up, wore one thing, and got to work, and were like, "Oh, <laughs> I have not dressed for the weather today." So, um, sorry, American listeners, you know the Brits talk about the weather a lot, so we're just proving it um, for ourselves. So, um, Victoria, you may have seen it, put a shout out on Twitter yesterday asking for a few people's questions. Um, And we did have one in about the Commonwealth. So we'll answer that now. We've got lots more to answer later on. So thank you to everyone who sent one in. Um, uh, Twitter uh, follower with um, who calls herself a very modern Megan 
asks whether with Harry's new appointment, Harry and Meghan will spend a lot of their time doing engagements in the Commonwealth rather than in Britain. I think they will definitely be travelling around the Commonwealth a lot. The royals go to Commonwealth realms a lot because these realms are the countries where the Queen is head of state and where Charles will be come head of state when she dies. Now, that's different to the whole of the Commonwealth. There are a lot more countries in the Commonwealth that aren't realms, but of course the realms are the most important to the royal family because they are the ones that have retained the British monarchy as head of state and, you know, the royals probably hope that they will continue to do that. Um, so countries like Canada, Australia, New Zealand um, and a lot of the realms in the Caribbean are very significant and we see the royals travel to them a lot. We know that Meghan and Harry are going to go to Australia and very likely New Zealand at the same time when he has his Invictus Games there in October. So that's definitely on the cards. I think we can expect to see them travel to other Commonwealth countries. Interestingly, we've seen a move towards the royals travelling to European countries, EU countries, since um, Britain voted to leave the EU. Clearly, although they never outright say so, because of that move, because we're trying to build relationships once, once we leave the EU. So there may still be a bit of that. But I think, yes, com- Commonwealth countries, definitely top of the list. Um, one other little bit of fashion discussion before we move on to uh, more wedding stuff. Well, in fact, it is more wedding stuff. There's a bookmaker. You know how we like to talk about what the bookies are saying. There's one bookmaker who says it is now odds on for Christopher Bailey to be the wedding dress designer for Megan's big day. Christopher Bailey? Yeah. Christopher <laughs> Bailey is the outgoing chief um, of Burberry. He's been there for nearly 20 years I believe um, he hasn't officially left his post as a designer he will, um, he held his last Burberry show at Fashion Week in February um, and but will leave the company completely by the end of the year um, but the reason why I think that they've got you know they've, they've said that he's now one of the favourites um, he, another designer Henry Holland uh, was speaking to Sarah Southern on the Wedding Guest Extraordinaire um, podcast uh, earlier this month and he said um, I'm just going to read his quote I personally really hope it's someone British I would be really quite excited if it was Christopher Bailey's final bow for Burberry because I think that would be a nice thing for him to do uh, she, Megan, is a fan of Burberry and she's worn them for a long time and he is correct in that sense of she wore the uh, tartan Burberry coat when they went to Edinburgh so I think that's that's you know they're being a bit sneaky there and that's what starts <laughs> the sudden change yes. in yes, yeah. they've got. Yeah. Well, but it is a reasonable shout though it is yeah. Yeah. it is yeah I mean Ralph and Russo has been a big favourite for a long time with the bookies I think the, the um, company who's dressed you wore for that really expensive dress that she yes. wore for the engagement shoot um i think that it will be someone who she has an existing relationship with personally i think megan is going to want to have a lot of input i think she's very vocal about what she likes she knows her stuff and i think it's going to be very important for her to have someone that she has worked with personally before so i would be looking at designers that she knows and we've seen her with and we know that she has actually spoken to and has a relationship with not just that she's worn their clothes yeah, like so that's what Murray, I would be looking yeah. at yeah interesting times not long not long to wait um you mentioned the engagement photo shoot in the Ralph and Russo dress and we've had confirmation of the wedding photographer since we were last talking to you on the podcast so they have chosen um famous um 
photographer who's photographed a lot of celebrities, um, Alexei Lubomirsky. They were very, very happy with those pictures, um, which is interesting because I think the pictures were very quite stylized in a way that the royal family don't always go for. Um, they they often go for or like that kind of slightly more natural approach. Yeah. Yet for big events, we do often see them pick those that very high high fashion look. And I suppose if you look, you know, Mario Testino has has done that stuff for the royal family before, and he has a very kind of stylized way of, of, of portraying um, his subjects so I guess there's there's that and they've they've obviously decided that this is something they like this is something that they want um so I think we can expect to see very kind of striking wedding pictures really like a Vogue cover yeah yeah, yeah. it must and, be weird taking pictures of the couple at the royal wedding because you've got you know you've got the world's media doing the newspaper pictures and the pictures that the whole world is going to see and you know to uh, harry and megan going to get a usb stick with all of their pictures from their big day from from their photographer well, i think what will be really interesting for the photographer and quite challenging is obviously photographing the whole family photographing the royals um and photographing the queen and i, I anecdotally i have heard from previous photographers when they've been photographing royal christenings for example George and Charlotte's christening when they get the pictures with the family with the whole family particularly George's christening is the one I'm thinking of get very brief period of time with all the royals um you know the, the queen doesn't mess around you know she's busy lady um she's used to things running efficiently and so I, I think getting that picture in a short space of time with with all the people that will need to be in it you know how difficult that is anyway, but imagine the pressure of having of having the royals and trying to get that shot. And always at a wedding, well, often at a wedding, lots of small children yeah. involved as well, because, you know, assuming if it's a, you know, a, a regular a wedding thing, you'd have a picture with all of your wedding party, you know, your best man and your bridesmaids and your page boys, if you happen to have page boys, and your granny, who happens yeah. to be the queen. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got your granny yeah. and... Prince Philip, who's recovering from a hip operation and it's probably not, isn't going to suffer fools anyway, yeah. generally. Well, I've, I've seen him at events, you know, there was, a, I remember not long ago, well, a few years ago, there was an event, a naval event, and he was posing for a photograph and he, the photographer was asking people to shuffle and move and Philip said, you know, quite sharply, just take the picture. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, that, that quickly, um, you know, the guy quickly snapped into into gear and took the picture. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, he's not going to be standing there for ages so that someone can get their frame right. No. Fascinating. Yeah. Oh, But it brings us on to, I suppose, the wedding party because we had a question about that as well, didn't we? In yes, we questions did. about someone asking, I think it was, will George and Charlotte be page boy and bridesmaid? Yes. So, um... Catherine Meggs, also known as Rachel. So, don't know what your real name is, but hello and thanks for your question. Um, do you guys think George and Charlotte will be a page boy and a flower girl for the wedding? Um, and also, Sandy Hairston saying, when are we going to find out the names of the wedding party? After all, it's now four weeks to go. I'm sure rehearsals should be well underway. Yeah, so obviously we've got this steady stream of announcements. And this week we've had an announcement um, about the photographer and an announcement about the guests, which we might talk about later um 
but the wedding party is obviously one of the bigger announcements that everyone will really want to um, to know. And I, as far as I can recall with William and Kate's wedding, that was one of the ones that they made a bit closer to the time. So as the build-up goes on, we're getting the bigger announcements left until a bit later. Of course, the biggest one is the one that they'll make in the morning, which is who designed her dress. Um, but they won't make that until the day, most likely until she actually appears. But the wedding party, now I, I would say George and Charlotte most certainly will be uh, page boy and flower girl and they're the perfect age to carry out the responsibility we know that William and Harry are very close it would be very strange I think if if we didn't see George and Charlotte being involved in the wedding party I think what we will see however is page boys and flower girls from Meghan's side as well um, and actually if you think back to William and Kate's wedding one thing that struck me at the time was that all of the little children were actually all from his side so she had her sister Pippa as her maid of honour but all of the little bridesmaids and page boys were all from his side of the family so it will be really nice I think to see Megan have someone from her side and I think she will it's been suggested that her best friend Jessica Mulroney who has a daughter um, could be a bridesmaid a young daughter so that's the possibility but I would be surprised if it was all one-sided again. Do you think that's part of the reason for delaying the announcement? Because inevitably, when people know who is in that wedding party, if it is some you know, godchild of Harry or Meghan that people aren't really aware of, suddenly there will be an interest. People will want to know who is this person, who are their parents. Is it a bit of, to protect, it's, to protect I, them? Maybe, but I, I, I think it's... And they know that there's going to be a huge amount of attention. But also at the same time, when they make these announcements, they always say now in any type of announcement, um, the the family have asked not to be contacted, blah, 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 please respect this. And that, that does get respected now. So I, I would be surprised if they were overly concerned about that. Um, and the, whenever they make the announcement, the interest will be there. <laughs> quite funny if you think about the little bridesmaid um, William and Kate's wedding the Grace Van Cutsum <laughs> still um, a brilliant picture <laughs> I mean she is just it was amazing the best moment of the day really I think so funny she was so cross and she hated the noise on the balcony and she was sitting there with her hands over her ears looking really really fed up and it was our front page it was the most front page the next day I remember it, it was so great the whole world rejoices and in brackets well almost <laughs> <laughs> so fed up um and, and it, she she's you know seven years older now and she's well not grown up but not a little little girl anymore and that's amazing really to think I'm sure she will look back on those and laugh I would imagine she'll get reminded about that on yeah. her own wedding day yes. should that should that day H come H uh, some yeah. pictures on the birthday cake yeah. yeah parents are going to dine out on it forever that's <laughs> yes. what it is um so guest list that was uh, announced, well, some details about it were announced not long after we finished our, our recording last week. Um, obviously, there'd been the big debate for quite a while. Would Donald Trump get an invite? And we always thought not, because yeah. there would be no reason for him to be there. Would the Obamas get an invite? And we thought, well, Harry probably might quite like to, but it might cause a bit of a stink. Um, and then we got the announcement that effectively there would be no politicians coming yeah. so no prime minister no Theresa may which also means they don't have to invite jeremy corbyn as leader of the opposition which yeah. he's um 
Uh, he one of his first early appearances as leader of the opposition, leader of the Labour Party. There was a bit of a question over his singing of the national anthem, which caused a bit of a storm and things as well. Mm. So it might have been a very odd thing had he had to be invited. So maybe this not inviting anybody just takes the whole problem yeah. away. I think that was exactly what they wanted to do was just try to avoid any diplomatic stresses and also I think make as much space as possible for people that they actually know and who know them and it's very much it's very clear that this has come from the couple it's come from Harry you know saying do I have to have all these official people at my wedding it's not a state occasion he's not heir to the throne there's no requirement and actually there's not really a precedent for this if you look at Prince Edward's wedding which is in St George's Chapel Windsor he didn't have um, the Prime Minister at the time, he didn't have um, many diplomatic guests. I think he had a very, very small number of overseas royals who he knew. Um, so I, I, it's clear that what they've decided to do is just take away the issue of should they invite so-and-so or so-and-so and just, just say, no, we're not doing that. We want to have a personal guest. And also, you know, there's this, there was always this question mark over Trump because because of her nationality, because Meghan is American. So would would some people have suggested if they had invited the Prime Minister, you know, his Prime Minister is there, why 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 is her president not there? So there, there could have been that question mark posed. Um, it could have been um, presented as a snub if people really wanted to look at it that way. So they've just taken that out of the equation. The Obamas is a separate thing, and I think that's interesting, that... The decision not to invite the Obamas, I suspect, was about, again, not wanting to create this narrative that a former president will be there and the current president won't be. So I think it was a decision that was probably reached in a consensus. And I think the Obamas probably would have been part of that, saying we don't want to be involved in something that's going to be controversial. It's difficult for us as well. you know. And my guess would be that that, that's what took place, um, that sort of conversation. I have a question. And I thought it was interesting when, when, when we were told, you know, the the Obamas, well, when it was made obvious that the Obamas won't be going, there was this kind of suggestion of oh, the couple are looking forward to seeing them soon. And a lot of people interpreted that as being, oh, well, does that mean they're going to America? Are they going to see them soon? And possibly that is the case. But I, I sort of viewed that as a kind of um, a reminder that that they are friends and this them not going is not, is not about that. Yeah, so my question, which I didn't send in via Twitter, I'm sorry, <laughs> so I'm going to have Use, use host's prerogative and ask it, ask it now. Is there absolutely no room for Michelle based on the announcement that they made because it was like no political leaders or world leaders or something? I can't remember quite how they phrased it, but she, she, she has got that status of being a leading world figure, which she has developed by being a very good first lady, but it kind of came via attachment to her yeah. husband. Yeah, and she, and she wouldn't be a direct comparison to Trump in the way that, Barack Obama would be, but I my understanding is that no, that the Obamas are not going. So I would I would assume that would include her as well. Um, miss her, miss her style. Yeah. <laughs> Come and visit us soon, Michelle. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. I'll just have to yeah. be disappointed. But, on that but one. along with the along with the information that that bit of information, there was also a lot of information put out about these golden ticket holders who have um, won the opportunity to 
go and stand out. I think people get a little bit overexcited. These people are going into the wedding and they're not actually going into the chapel. They're standing, or presumed standing, or gathering on a piece of grass which is in the grounds of Windsor Castle but outside the chapel. So this is a prime position and they get to see the carriage and the couple as they come out of the chapel and the get to see them at the beginning of their carriage procession so it's very important very exciting but they're not getting seats in the chapel which I think some people maybe have got a bit confused in their mind that's what's happening and these are members of the public it's 1,200 members of the public who will be joined by um, royal household workers Windsor Castle workers school children people from charities the couple work with making up a total of around um, I think it's 2,600 people who will be in that area um, and some lovely stories yeah, for some, some of the people stories. that have been people, nominated to come. Yeah, people who've been chosen by their Lord Lieutenants in the area, the Queen's representatives around the country. But people who have not got high profiles, people who run community organisations. Um, there's um, a teenager who was caught up in the Manchester bombing, um, people who do charity work, people who do volunteer work. You know, there's all these stories from around the country. And it's lovely. Oh, that's a very nice thing. So hopefully mm. the weather will be... A bit like today, maybe a little bit cooler. Maybe cooler. I can't Def- believe we're saying we want it to be cooler. Definitely not raining though, because yeah. you know it's, it's nice to be at the royal wedding. But mm. oh, maybe they'll have some special umbrellas they'll get handed out if it's raining. I bet they will. Yeah. Oh. Um, right. So, oh, more guests. Markles. Markles. Mm. Megan's side of the family. That's been the other big debate: who would be there and who wouldn't. And it seems like None they of, won't be. Yeah. So it seems from what we can gather because there's not been a guest just announced but um the markle family so her dad's family um have not received invitations um now is it surprising i mean it's not that surprising because we know that she hasn't spoken to many of them in years um her half-sister samantha markle um told us not long ago that they haven't spoken for three years however she believes that she should have been given an invitation because her view with family is family and Megan should invite her. Um, and similarly, her half-brother, who she doesn't speak to, um, Thomas Markle Jr. has not received an invitation. Neither have his children, Megan's cousins. Um, so, Megan's nephews, sorry, not cousins. Mm. Yeah, so so th- there is... There's a lot of Markles speaking out about their frustration at not being invited to the wedding. Um, and I think a lot of people would say, well, you know, if you haven't spoken in several years, what, what do you expect? You know, she's she's inviting people that she has a close relationship with and you're clearly not close if you haven't spoken in that long. Their view in some cases appears to be family is family. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Her mother's family, um, we hear so much less about her mother's family and from her mother's family um, and we would expect to see them there. Her, her father hasn't, we understand, received an invitation. Now, I don't think that means that he's not going because it's kind of strange in a way to send an invitation to someone who would be clearly intended to be part of the wedding party and from what we can gather, that is still the intention for him to walk her down the aisle. So. I think that's one to sort of watch, but... International Post might be a bit tricky. Yeah, yeah. Because, oh, it's not... You'd want to have an invitation to the wedding. <laughs> you just, just, just to keep you sent your parents an invitation yeah. to your wedding, did you? Yeah. Okay. They've got it in a frame on there, <laughs> in the <laughs> living room. Okay. Yeah. I've, I've and it's not a wedding, so I don't know anything about this. Yeah, but, um, it's very nice. My sister designed it. It was lovely. Thanks, yeah. Ruth. <laughs> um... <laughs> um 
so uh, one question on the the Markles uh, from Andrew Shretner. Um, how do you think the palace will handle the situ- situation if Samantha or possibly some of the others decide to work for a media outlet during the wedding? I mean, I think they'll just they, they won't be able to really do anything about it. To be honest, I mean, they can't control these people. I think they possibly would like to be able to, but they obviously can't. These independent individuals with their own thoughts and their own opinions, and they are entitled to air them. Um, and so, I think. Um, I think that they would probably, the royal household would probably um, like to be able to, you know, appeal to the broadcasters and say, you know, have a think about who really knows her and do these people really know her if they haven't seen her in this time or spoken to her in this length of time. But ultimately, I think that, you know, the royal household will be... I don't think they are going to be overly worried about, you know, what people are going to be focusing on the day. People are going to be focusing on Ari and Meghan, aren't they? I mean, it's it's going to be so exciting for everyone to see this wedding. I think even people who pretend they're not interested will want to look at the wedding and the chapel. And that's what they'll be focusing on, is that ceremony, is the carriage procession. And anything else on the day, I think, will be very peripheral. Okay. Thank you for that one. We, time will tell and we will, we will see. Um, question from Emily McKenna. Thanks for your question, Emily. Uh, what are your thoughts on Jermaine Greer's recent comments on Meghan bolting at the altar? So, but do you want to, do you want to, give, can you, do you want to just give us a bit so of background, much, yeah. background to the situation? So Jermaine Greer, um, an outspoken feminist, for those of you who don't know who she is, um, she is an Australian native, but she's lived in Britain for many years. Um, she is a bit of a personality, someone who uh, you know, gives her views, her strong views on, on many things. And she was asked in an interview by an Australian television network what she thought about this upcoming marriage. And now she's a known Republican, she's not a fan of the royal family. Um, um, and she said that she thought that Meghan would bolt, <laughs> bolt were her words. She thought that she would be out of the door. She also spoke about how Meghan had bolted before, so referring to her previous marriage, um, which lasted only two years. Um, And then she talked a lot about how, you know, the the royal family, the pressures, um, and being in that family are unbearable pressures and people want to get out. And, um, you know, I I read some of what she'd said and and thought, at first I thought, yeah, you know, she's she's entitled to her opinion. Um, Everyone entitled to have an opinion you might say if you have a public platform why express such a negative opinion when when you know this is something that we we can't know you know and, and the, the, we just wish them the best and i think i i think sort of being overly negative is is there's just why you know in this case when they're clearly so very very in love um but then i did read on and, and watch some of more of what she'd said and some of it was just plainly you know actually quite inaccurate and, and ridiculous really like some of the things she was saying about um Megan she made a quip about you know why would somebody born into poverty um marry uh, someone with 53 million quid I don't know where she got that precise figure from about Prince Harry <laughs> having 53 million quid but apparently she thinks that's right um and also you know Megan wasn't born into poverty Megan was uh, born into you know her father was a successful lighting director she went to fee-paying schools she lived in a in a very nice part of California so that that's just clearly inaccurate and she was a self-made very well-paid well-off actress when she met Prince Harry money would not be 
any featuring at all in anything she was after and and then Jermaine Grey also spoke about the hat that Megan wore at Sandringham um, and she described it as I don't know if I'm allowed to say this a turd of a hat um, and, and, and you know but the, people did say that at the time that they thought that Megan's hat did resemble um, the poo emoji um, but I, I, but but Jermaine Grey was talking about about the royals putting her in it as though they had chosen it for her which is you know just ridiculous they wouldn't have any sort of input over what she wore other than you know she would be aware that she should wear something respectful but they certainly wouldn't be lining up hats in front of her and so I think I think a lot of her a lot of her opinion was was based on you know just an uninformed uh, information you know, not not accurate information so it's difficult really to give it that much credence. What did you think of it Danielle you're pulling faces I think. <laughs> just just a rant really wasn't yeah. it um obviously as you said she's she's a republican and she's she's not we know she's not a fan of the royal family so whenever she's asked about it she's never going to say anything positive um so yeah there we go for that one right um oh free peeper Ask, is it possible Harry's already had his stag do? Not much time to go until arrival of royal baby number three and then the wedding. I find it a difficult timing for the Duke of Cambridge to leave the Duchess's side right now. Right now, So probably it's not a day, days long affair. Yeah, I, unfortunately, I have to say, I think he could have had it. Um, and we don't know when it was or where it was, which is, you know, and I'd say unusual because information did come out eventually about Prince William's stag do. So... Yeah, that is that's a tricky one. As you say, William would be organising the stag do, and certainly playing a very key role, and certainly would be there. So, uh, the idea that they would have it any time between now and the wedding is a bit ridiculous because he obviously wouldn't plan it for when his wife was due to give birth, and he would have to rush off. Um, and certainly, I don't think you know, with the best will in the world, I'd be very surprised if anyone said to their partner yes darling off you go a week after our newborn is born and go and have a weekend of partying so I suspect it may well have happened and if it's happened they've they you know got away with it I suppose <laughs> no one spotted them <laughs> I can't imagine that it was super super low-key because you know Prince Harry he likes, he likes to enjoy himself I can't believe that he would have and it was some of his friends who would definitely have be there I just think would want to have, would want it to be a good party oh we'll have to hope for the walkabouts in the next few days if you're going to one of the walkabouts and you get a chance to ask Harry a question ask about the stag do for good us will point. you please yeah. much easier for people um behind you know behind the barriers taking their selfies and things with them to ask those questions a lot yeah. of the time <laughs> and then we get the information from you um so I think that's it for questions for today. There were loads of them. So thank you for that. There's some really good ones that we're going to save for um, future episodes. Um, so if keep, keep them coming. Um, Victoria, you mentioned earlier it's a busy period for Harry and Meghan. What else have they got to look forward to in the next few days? Yeah, so they're out and about, as I said, tomorrow or Thursday doing a um, Commonwealth um another um, Chogham event. They're going to a women's empowerment reception. They are also out and about this Saturday. They're going to something, a reception linked to the Invictus Games. They've obviously, that's something that's continuing to 
um, feature and will continue to feature before those games take place. Um, on Monday as well, um, they are attending a memorial service for the 25th anniversary of the death of Stephen Lawrence, um, honouring him and his legacy. Um, that was obviously, um, for those of you who might not know, I think most of our British listeners certainly would know, and um, I think a lot of you in America this would have filtered through as well, um, was a very high-profile murder that took place, um, a racially motivated murder, um, and it took a long time for justice um, to, for the family to receive justice, and it was as a result a very high-profile case. Um, so um, that's something that they are going to go to. Um, and um, we understand Harry is going to read out a few words as well um, at that service on Monday. And um, then they are also attending in, on Wednesday in London, the Anzac Day commemorations. Um, we're going to be attending a dawn service. So that's sort of 4.55, I think, is sunrise or something. So very early. They'll be up early on Wednesday to make those so two quite sombre events on yeah. next week. And also very important ones. And so I think that's a sign that Harry and Meghan are being put forward for very key roles. And that's something that, considering she hasn't even married into the royal family yet, quite impressive really that she's doing so much. Um, important date on Saturday as well, because it's the Queen's birthday. Happy birthday, yeah. Your Majesty, in advance. So Queen's having a birthday party. Well, someone else is having a birthday party for her and she's going to go along and um, be at the centre of it. There's going to be a night of music and song at the Royal Albert Hall this Saturday night, her 92nd birthday. Um, and uh, performers include Sir Tom Jones, Kylie Minogue, Craig David, um, a singer called Anne-Marie, um, Sting and Shaggy. Um, plus the BBC <laughs> Concert Orchestra who might be more up her street. It's a slightly um, interesting lineup. Yeah. It has been suggested yeah. that possibly Shaggy wouldn't be uh, the Queen's first choice of we after dinner. We always have listening. this though. We always have this though for her Golden Jubilee and her Diamond Jubilee. You know, they had pop concerts and her generation you know the music that she listens to behind closed doors is probably very different but the queen is nothing if not a modernizer and she's very happy to go with the times and she is very keen that you know she is seen as someone who can um everyone can relate to and all generations can relate to so that's what this is about we're likely to see other royals at that harry and Meghan, will they be there or is it much more the queen well, and charles i'd say it's um i don't think it's out of the question obviously it's an important event um, and th their, their attendance wouldn't necessarily be announced in advance because um, it's sort of a semi-informal thing if they're going along. Um, they are clearly working a lot for the next week. You tend to see with the royals, they tend to cluster their working engagements together and then have sort of a bit of time off and then have another cluster so you'll often get this kind of barrage of <laughs> operational notes about events that are taking place and then silence for a while afterwards so it's not out of the question um but nothing has been announced um the the reception that they're attending in, for the Invictus games on saturday is in the morning so it wouldn't clash um so i guess we just have to watch the space one person who won't be there and presumably won't be that unhappy about it is um, Prince Philip yeah. recovering from his hip surgery exactly, so he's out yeah. of hospital back at home we saw him emerging um, yeah we pictures. saw him leaving the hospital um, he did we didn't see him leaving on foot of course we didn't see him leaving in a wheelchair that's something I think he would have wanted to avoid so he actually got into a car um, around the back around the side but then 
acknowledging that people do want to see him, people do want to wish him well. He was driven past and people got a nice shot of him and he did a little wave. So, um, I mean, you could only see very, you know, his face through the glass, but he looked, you know, in good spirits and, you know, is obviously now at Windsor recuperating. So I think probably the next time we'll see him will be the wedding. And the Queen will be glad to have him back with her as well because she had some sad news this week as well I think it would have been particularly um important to her to have Philip by her side this week because um it it was revealed this morning actually that um, her last corgi has died has been put down um Willow who was almost 15 was put to sleep after being found to have a cancer related illness now this is the Queen's last corgi she stopped breeding them um it was revealed a couple of years ago that she had stopped breeding corgis um because you know suggestions were that you know the younger corgis get under her feet as she was getting older she was reducing the number that she was having um over the years um she's had around 30 actually so she you know she's been corgis have been such a big part of her life and are so synonymous with the queen um she was given her first one at 18 a corgi called susan and you know that they're, they're one of the first things you think of when you think of the queen as corgi so it's particularly strange that she doesn't have any anymore but she does have doggies which is um a, a cross breed with a corgi and a dash hound and she's got two doggies left called Vulcan and Candy so she's not she still has her beloved dogs but just not her beloved corgis that's sad and that was corgi because we don't often see the queen sort of officially with her corgis although they've appeared in some of the one of the portraits that was they done for a recent in a birthday lot of the portraits um but yes you're right she doesn't bring them out on official events with her. <laughs> and <laughs> the, apart from the olympics and the olympics yeah well they were well, fe- yeah. they were featured in the video that she made yeah and willow was one of the corgis oh, featured with, in the video with that james she made. bonds yeah so, so yes so it's really sad and i'm sure dog lovers around the country and around the world will really identify with her um, because they obviously the bond that she had you know, the 15-year-old um, dog is going to be significant, you know. Mm. Gone through a lot together, yeah. I would imagine. Um, our time is just about up. Um, thank you to everyone who has been leaving us reviews and ratings. We really appreciate them. If you haven't yet and have enjoyed the show, then head to mirror.co.uk slash royalpodcast and leave us a rating, and that would be marvellous. Um, just before we finish, no royal baby news on your phone yet? Nothing. The wait goes on. Maybe maybe during the next recording. We'll be back with you next week. So we hope you'll join us then. But until next time. Pod save the Queen! 